Grace and peace to you, Bloom. We're coming to you this morning from the Common Space, and we're going to be going through the Liturgy of Lent 4. Joining me this morning again is Dulcie and Taryn. Hello. Hello, Bloom. And we also have Seth. He's got a mic this, Hello. this time. So we'll just, uh, like last week, just go through the Liturgy of, of Lent 4, and hopefully it's a time that is, is both hopeful for you and centering just, uh, if you want to listen to this as you're walking, as you're uh, trying to ignore your kids, <laughs> as you're cooking, uh, whatever you like. But we're just uh, wanting to provide something that can center us and draw us into a place of openness to Christ. To see that in and through all things, there is beauty and there is the flow of the divine calling us into something that is greater in ourselves and that holds us. So let's begin. Bloom, let's confess our sin together. God shows us his love for us in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Let us then show our love for him by confessing our sin in penitence and faith. In the wilderness, we find your grace. You love us with an everlasting love. Lord, have mercy. Lord, have mercy. There is none but you to uphold our cause. Our sin cries out and our guilt is great. Christ, have mercy. Christ, have mercy. Heal us, O Lord, and we shall be healed. Restore us and we shall know your joy. Lord, have mercy. Lord, have mercy. May Almighty God have mercy on us, forgive us our sin, and bring us to everlasting life. Darkness covers soil under snow. Holy Spirit, you ask me, will I go into the darkness, into the night, waiting for new? Jesus, lead me 
Let's join together now with the church worldwide and say the prayer of the day together. Gracious Father, whose blessed Son, Jesus Christ, came down from heaven to be the true bread which gives life to the world, evermore give us this bread that he may live in us and we in him, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Please join me for the prayers. Lord, you have always given bread for the coming day, and though I am poor, today I believe. Lord, you have always given strength for the coming day, and though I am weak, today I believe. Lord, you have always given peace for the coming day, and though anxious of heart, today I believe. 
Lord, you have always kept me safe in trials. And now, tried as I am, today I believe. Lord, you have always marked the road for the coming day, and though it may be hidden, today I believe. Lord, you have always lightened this darkness of mine, and though the night is here, today I believe. Lord, you have always spoken when the time was ripe, and though you be silent now, today I believe. We remember those who are sick. We remember those who care for the sick. We remember those who are afraid. We remember those who are alone. Lord, meet us in the silence. Give us strength and hear our prayer here and in eternity. Amen. Hear the Gospel of the Lord according to John. As Jesus was walking along, he saw a man who had been blind from birth. Rabbi, his disciples asked him, why was this man born blind? Was it because of his own sins or his parents' sins? It was not because of his sins or his parents' sins, Jesus answered. This happened so the power of God could be seen in him. We must quickly carry out the tasks assigned us by the one who sent us. The night is coming, and then no one can work. But while I am here in the world, I am the light of the world. Then he spit on the ground, made mud with the saliva, and spread the mud over the blind man's eyes. He told him, Go, wash yourself in the pool of Siloam. Siloam means scent. So the man went and washed and came back seeing. His neighbors and others who knew him as a blind beggar asked each other, isn't this the man who used to sit and beg? Some said he was and others said, no, he just looks like him. But the beggar kept saying, yes, I am the same one. They asked, who healed you? What happened? He told them, the man they called Jesus made mud and spread it over my eyes and told me, go to the pool of Siloam and wash yourself. So I went and washed, and now I can see. Where is he now, they asked. I don't know, he replied. Then they took the man who had been blind to the Pharisees because it was on the Sabbath that Jesus had made the mud and healed him. The Pharisees asked the man all about it. So he told them, he put the mud over my eyes, and when I washed it away, I could see. Some of the Pharisees said, this man, Jesus, is not from God, for he is working on the Sabbath. Others said, but how could an ordinary sinner do such miraculous signs? So there was a deep division of opinion among them. Then the Pharisees again questioned the man who had been blind and demanded, 
what's your opinion about this man who healed you? The man replied, I think he must be a prophet. The Jewish leaders still refused to believe the man had been blind and could see now, so they called his parents. They asked them, is this your son? Was he born blind? If so, how can he now see? His parents replied, we know this is our son and that he was born blind, but we don't know how he can see or who healed him. Ask him. He's old enough to speak for himself. His parents said this because they were afraid of the Jewish leaders who had announced that anyone saying Jesus was the Messiah would be expelled from the synagogue. That's why they said, he is old enough, ask him. So for the second time, they called in the man who had been blind and told him, God should get the glory for this because we know this man, Jesus, is a sinner. I don't know whether he is a sinner, the man replied, but I know this. I was blind and now I can see. But what did he do, they asked. How did he heal you? Look, the man exclaimed, I told you once, didn't you listen? Why do you want to hear it again? Do you want to become his disciples too? Then they cursed him and said, you are his disciple, but we are disciples of Moses. We know God spoke to Moses, but we don't even know where this man comes from. Why, that's very strange, the man replied. He healed my eyes, and yet you don't know where he comes from? We know that God doesn't listen to sinners, but he is ready to hear those who worship him and do his will. Ever since the world began, no one has been able to open the eyes of someone born blind. If this man were not from God, he couldn't have done it. You were born a total sinner, they answered. Are you trying to teach us? And they threw him out of the synagogue. When Jesus heard what had happened, he found the man and asked, Do you believe in the Son of Man? The man answered, Who is he, sir? I want to believe in him. You have seen him, Jesus said, and he is speaking to you. Yes, Lord, I believe, the man said, and he worshipped Jesus. Then Jesus told him, I entered this world to render judgment, to give sight to the blind, and to show those who think they see that they are blind. Some Pharisees who were standing nearby heard him and asked, Are you saying we're blind? If you were blind, you wouldn't be guilty, Jesus replied. But you remain guilty because you claim you can see. The Gospel of the Lord. Thanks, Thanks be, be to God. God. When I was in middle school, I went to this beach retreat. It's like a big youth of course, thing of course he did. <laughs> on the beach. And, uh, but they had, this, they had this band, Cademan's Call. And they sang this song about this verse. Oh, you're going to sing it for us? And the, no. <laughs> but the chorus was, all I know is I was blind. And now I see. Yeah. And even back then, it really hit me, like the, the simplicity and the beauty of what happens when we meet Christ, 
but that to me in that time, I think was so compelling in the way that I could have received it at the time. As I've read this verse this week, it's even more complex and more beautiful still hmm. because it's this, it's, it's, it gives us this picture of what Christ does with the broken and the hurting, with the sick. That there's this flow of grace and healing that comes from Christ to humanity, to all. Yeah. And it also gives us a picture of, of how we handle that sometimes. When you just see people in this verse, in this story, they don't know what to do with grace. Mm. And they're in this system. I mean, it, it could be the system of the world. I think that there's some like overflow between the system of the world and the, and the religious system back in that day. But it, it was mainly the religious system that didn't know what to do with him because he's breaking the law. Right. I mean, he's, he's healing on the Sabbath. That's strike one. Actually, when he's making mud out of water and dirt, he's kneading. Mm. And so that you can't work. It's like making bread, but he made mud. And, and so that's strike two. And then he calls this man to work, to you know, have a part to play, which is beautiful in his own healing. But he's calling that man to work. So there's three strikes, three times Jesus is, is breaking the law. And yet this man is healed and, and he stands before the, the religious leaders and that's all they see. All they see is Jesus broke the law. But this man was healed, but he was born blind, but it doesn't matter. Jesus broke the law. He's a sinner. You see also this display of the universal wrestling with suffering and disease. Because people that, are, that have watched this man be healed, they're asking the question, well, to what and to whom do we attribute this, this condition? Is it sin? Is it his sin? Is it, I mean, it, it can't be his sin because it's congenital. So it has to be something his parents did. But that was this, in that system, there was this constant trying to like pin the sin, the mm -hmm. suffering onto some action that was done that we would in turn get punished for. It's like they don't know what to do with like anything supernatural where they're just, which I think all of us would kind of be in that same boat, but they're like trying to explain everything. Mm -hmm. And that's the guy who got healed is like, who cares? I can see. Why aren't we just celebrating this? You know? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, there's this, um, there's this wanting to spiritualize, and we see that in our culture. We see that right now. Mm -hmm. This wanting to spiritualize what ha just what happens down here. Mm -hmm. People, sadly, are, are blind, and people are sick, and things don't work as they should. And we groan. Creation groans for the day that it will, but that's just how it is. Yeah. I think that when we, when we get in the business of trying to explain why, that's when it gets really hurtful. We pray for people every, every Sunday in our services. We pray for people and people come up to us and, and ask for, for healing prayer. And a lot of times it'll say, you know, this, is, this went wrong in my body. This, went, this is what I'm, you know, some kind of sickness or 
or condition. And if we follow Christ, then our response is that we pray for healing, that we heal the sick, that we believe for the restoration of all things. What we don't ever do is try to say, well, this is why this happened. Which sadly is what the church has done a lot of times. Yeah. And try to explain something that we can't explain. When Jesus says why this happened, he says, this will draw people to Christ. This will give glory. The healing will. But Jesus doesn't even go into, the, into trying to, well, this is why this man is born blind. I think it's hard. I think I got stuck somewhere where you were talking about like the rules and being rule followers. I'm a rule follower, and I think... I'm just kind of sitting here like that's just easier, I think, to have rules and to follow rules and ask questions around things my brain already understands. So I think I just have to keep going back to what both you and Seth have mentioned is that the simple, the simple, the simple response of like, I don't know, I just know I can see. Like that Jesus is about kind of even simplifying the rules in some ways, like even saying like these things you think you can lean on. Um, the simple thing is that I'm here and this thing, ha you know, I'm here to restore and bring light and life. And so, yeah, I'm just feeling a little <laughs> not stung, <laughs> but like I'm really kind of understanding the other side of this for once. Like I really do kind of understand the rules and how easy that is to sit there. And I don't have an answer to that. I just am feeling that way right now. Yeah. Because for them, Moses had the law. Yeah. The law came from Moses and they wrote it down and that became God to them. That became the expression of their relationship with the divine. Right. Then you see Jesus not destroying the law, not coming against it, but fulfilling it. Yeah, right. And you see the grace of God uh, manifested in, in Jesus and the way that he approaches this man. But they can't see it. Right. Don't you think some of that is because there's this deceived sense of safety in knowing? Like we have right. this false sense yeah. of safety and security in knowing. And so anything that turns that on its head is so unnerving to us. Yeah. And yet the beauty of his response, like, I don't know. Yeah. I just know I can see, you know, that simplicity of I'm, I'm throwing that. Oh, I don't need to know anymore. Mm -hmm. Because I've experienced something different. Yeah. But we, I think, sometimes miss out on that experience when we're clinging to the safety of knowing. Yeah, that's and right. And walking into the unknown or allowing ourselves to be free to not know but believe. Right, right. Like, is so against, I think, our nature. It's a question of what do we see? The same conversation that's happening here really is the same conversation that was happening with Nicodemus. He comes to Jesus and he says, we see that you have done amazing things. We see that you're healing the sick, that you're giving sight to the blind. And that was a sign of the Messiah. And there's prophecies, the Psalm reading in, in the daily office this morning is 
God gives sight to the blind. So they're looking for that to happen in a sense. Mm-hmm. Nicodemus comes up to Jesus and says that we see that you are a man of God. And then Jesus throws it back onto him and says, but, but you're not seeing it fully. Right. You're not really seeing me for who I am. And it's right. the same thing that we see, that we see. Right. It's the same thing going on in this story is they're seeing the law. They're seeing the nature of God revealed in the law. But they can't see Christ for who he is as the fulfillment of the law. Right. So they see, but they can't see. Mm-hmm. Well, that's hopeful, actually. Because I think that's where I kind of start overthinking things like this. Because I'm like, well, where am I not seeing Christ? Or yeah. where am I getting stuck in my own rules and my own ways? But it's helpful to kind of give that verbiage to it. Like, well, if you see where you're blind, like, sto- sight can be restored there. But if you don't even know that you're missing out on who Christ is, then you'll never see who Christ is. So mm-hmm. that's helpful. Jesus even says to them, I've come so that the blind will see. Right. And so that those who see would know that they're blind. There's this whole, mm-hmm. if mm-hmm. you think you see it, if you're sure, you've actually missed it. Right, right. So Christ was, was so much for them to comprehend and understand and receive, even though grace was flowing and healing was flowing out from him creating the new humanity and bringing restoration in the earth. Their devotion was to the law, to Moses. And what actually really hits me about this is, could we be in a similar age that the Spirit of God, Christ has become incarnate again Mm -hmm. through the body of Christ, through us, that we do yeah. The works of Christ on this earth. And sometimes I think the church has a hard time of accepting the new movement of the Spirit and the new manifestation of grace and healing on the earth because we're kind of doing the same thing that they did back then, but we're not doing it with Moses. We're doing it sort of with Scripture. Right. Mm-hmm. Like this is the thing that we wrote down that, and it happened once these these miracles these signs right but it's hard sometimes for us to accept that it's happening now again in new ways yeah in ways that maybe even the world won't understand and perhaps even the church won't understand Mm -hmm. or the religious system yeah and we all see but we don't see yeah and what's crazy is who's the one Who's the one in the story that really sees? The blind guy. <laughs> yeah, it's the blind guy. Yeah. And Paul talks about this pretty explicitly in 2 Corinthians when he says that the, the people's minds were hardened, and to this day, whenever the old covenant is being read, the same veil covers their minds so that they cannot understand the truth. And this veil can only be removed by believing in Christ. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it is. It's so deeply, obviously, tied to the believing piece, right? I mean, yeah, they see that he can see. 
Right. I mean, and yet the things that they keep obsessing over, even going to like, once they realize that he actually can see, then they go to like, but what did he do? How did he do it? Like just so missing yeah. the boat of believing. It's that believing piece mm -hmm. that, right? That they're yeah. just avoiding at all costs it feels mm -hmm. like they can't it is like this veil right Seth doing that they a lot just, of work to avoid a lot yeah. of work to yeah. just like believe that's the piece and that's the question that Jesus comes back to the blind men asking right mm -hmm. yes and he says I want to believe yeah. he's the one that wants to believe he's the one that's truly seeing mm -hmm. yeah he's in yeah. yeah he's just received the grace and healing of Jesus with an open heart. I, I love his parents' response. They're just like, <laughs> he's old enough to speak for himself. I just, know, I love yeah, that too. <laughs> listen to him, I guess. <laughs> like, but do you know why they said that? Well, it says something about the law. Getting, yeah, yeah, I mean, the, which if leaders. you were thrown out of the religious system, like you lost everything. Yeah. It was that powerful. That's hard for us to, to mm -hmm. even fathom mm -hmm. in today's society, but... It's the loss of friends, support networks. Mm -hmm. I mean, all of it. So they were kind of washing their hands of the oh, situation. Yeah. 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 Christ is disrupting the system. Mm -hmm. He's disrupting how people perceive God. And none of this was like bad in and of itself. But when it starts to prevent people from actually seeing Christ, from seeing the fulfillment of the law, from seeing the embodiment of grace and peace and healing on the earth, then it does become something that, that is bad in a sense because of what they've made it and because we, what mm -hmm. we've made it. Mm -hmm. But you see in these Lenten passages, you see, I mean, the woman at the well that we saw last week, Nicodemus the week before, Christ is moving against the system of mm -hmm. you think you know God. Yeah. You think you can see but you're blind. Yeah. And he's, he's calling people mm -hmm. to life. My son loves to read this book. And in it, um, there's this little blue truck. <laughs> and it, it's like a really nice, kind little truck. <laughs> and there's also this, there's this dump truck in it. And this dump truck comes barreling through. And gets stuck in the mud and it, you know, it's, it's important. It's solid, it knows who it is. And I do this kind of menacing voice for the, for the dump truck. When the dump truck, he's telling everyone, get out of the way, the animals. And that's kind of how I see sometimes the religious system hmm. in the story. It's this, it's this big, massive, insensitive mm -hmm. thing. But, and, and my son's, little book that that big truck gets stuck and here comes this little blue truck to save it and I'm not I, I should not I should stop this metaphor <laughs> <laughs> but to me it's this picture of what Christ does to systems and what he does yeah, that's right. to things that would that by their very nature run people over yeah and and neglect the poor and and cast out the sick and try to reframe reality so that so that people aren't actually healed but they're kind of dealt with in a sense like mm -hmm. Christ comes against those systems 
And he's doing that in these passages. Yeah. He's just hitting away at it. Yep. And he's being who he is in it. And it really is, I think, a model for us today. Of it's not really fighting the system. It's not really having this kind of defensive posture, but it, but it's bringing in healing and peace and life and restoration yeah, that's right. into it, yeah. calling people to see. Bloom, we have found ourselves in a situation that, above all things, is inviting us to be the life, the grace, the healing presence of Christ in the midst of a system that is panicked and, and trying to do the best that it can to deal with what's coming at us. And in that, we have an invitation to be mindful of the vulnerable, mm-hmm. of the sick, right. of the needy, of those who so desperately in these days need the grace, mm-hmm. the healing, the presence of Christ. It just serves us well to remember as the church what we are invited into in these days. And it's not to not give attention to and, and to honor what's being asked of us by the culture, but it, it's, it's to pay attention to the voice of the Spirit underneath that mm-hmm. and to be who we are as the body of Christ, the hands, the feet, the heart of Christ in this world and in this system. And that's an invitation open to all of us. We each can hear the voice of the Spirit. We each can follow that flow of life Mm -hmm. that Christ is revealing to us. And to get there, a lot of times we have to to admit, I can't see. Mm. Like I myself can't see. I can't see past what what I can actually construct and understand with my mind and with my hands. I need help to see what you are really doing, who you are in this. Mm-hmm. Bloom, may we have eyes to see, to see Christ. And if we think that we can see it all, may we be drawn into deeper places of knowing him. Yeah. May we be the brilliant expression of the kingdom of God in these days. And so Bloom, gathering our prayers and our praises into one, let us pray as Christ our Savior taught us, saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Lord Jesus Christ, you humbled yourself in taking the form of a servant and in obedience died on the cross for our salvation. Give us the mind to follow you and to proclaim you as Lord and King, to the glory of God the Father. Amen. And Bloom, may the Lord bless you and keep you. 
May the Lord cause his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. May the Lord turn his face towards you and bring you peace. And may the peace of God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit be among you and remain in you always. Go in peace to love and serve Jesus.